You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lace. And on today's episode, we continue our series, Chemical Reaction, with our review of Breaking Bad Season 2. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. If you want a free audiobook of your choice, head on over to audibletrial.com slash Larry21. We'd also like to thank Poddex for sponsoring this episode. Check them out today at poddex.com. Use the promo code Larry21. For 10% off your order. And now on to today's topic. There are elements here and there that I'll be talking about that maybe I don't think are 100% as good as they could be, or things that bug me in the season that have to do with character decisions or character motivations. But for the most part, I found this season to be a 5 out of 5. So know that going in. If you hate the show, you don't want to hear anybody talk about how great it is, this is not the review for you. So Breaking Bad Season 2. This is the first full-on season of Breaking Bad with uh, more than seven episodes. I believe this one was 13. So this is where Season 2 becomes kind of the direction the show takes for the rest of the remainder of episodes. And while still not quite being as dark and serious as it gets later on, it just keeps building and building. But season two is really where this show finds its footings as far as the tone and the direction and the level of evil it wants to put into the lives of Walter Wright, White, and Jesse. So you've got Tuco. You have the after- aftermath of what happened in season one where they full on, full on are in bed with Tuco now as their distributor. He murders somebody right in front of them for basically nothing and leaves them quaking in their boots. 
kind of like, you know, thinking this guy could just go nuts and kill us at any moment. And that's the moment that you start to, that you start season two is that just moment of panic. But before that even starts, the season really has a great element of foreshadowing, which is an element that this show carries on after season two. It's one of the best elements of Vince Gilligan's storytelling. It's because there's so much foreshadowing, shadowing, excuse me. But season two has these openings in four episodes of this season that show this black and white aftermath of something going wrong. You don't know quite what it is. You get it in the pilot of 737, you get it in down, you get it in over, and then you get it in the finale. And you put those titles uh, in the finale, ABQ, and you put those titles together. And over the entire season where it kind of paints it almost like there was some kind of a meth explosion. Or maybe some kind of gunfight. You don't really know exactly for the first couple of cold opens. And then you eventually understand that there is some kind of a plane crash that happens. And we'll get into why, but just a great amount of foreshadowing, foreshadowing with these black and white opens for four episodes of the season, letting you know that this season is heading to something very bad. You get into this season story-wise, you start off and they're in a very panic mode. Really, the last time we see this element of storytelling until season five, where Walt once again has a scientific solution, his chemistry solution to their problem, and he produces this poison ricin from these castor beans. And that's something that will also be called back in later seasons of the show. It's a very important element that not a whole lot of um, people knew about. It didn't really become culture until Breaking Bad. But nonetheless, they're trying to get rid of the Tuco problem. You get introduced to uh, I forgot how to say his last name, but Hector or eventually you get introduced to Hector's where eventually Tuco kidnaps Walt and Jesse brings him in the desert saying that, hey, we're going to go to Mexico. We're going to cook meth down there. And you know, it's going to end up in some kind of an explosion. And they came this close to getting caught by Hank. Tuco, great character, great utilization utilization of him in the first couple of episodes. Walt and Jesse, they're full on being like faced head on with the dangers of this business and how their own mortality will be tested in this business like Walt. Not so much as Jesse. Jesse panics a lot more than Walt because Walt's facing mortality every single day with this cancer diagnosis. But when you got Tuco waving around this M16 and, you know, as that giant fucking rainbow blade, they know that they're in some serious shit. Hank shows up at the worst and best, best possible moments. Tuco has this kind of big effect on Hank this season as well, which I'll probably start to talk, just talk more individual characters. So we have a little bit of flow here, so I'll get back into Hank. But Walt, this season predominantly is just him and Jesse really facing this business on their own, trying to do it all themselves. We don't have Tuco anymore. So we gotta be Tuco, which is what Jesse says. We have to be the distributor. We gotta be the ones that everybody's afraid of. They have to work for us. And this is a time when Jesse starts to really kind of flex his muscle a bit about Look, you know the chemistry shit, but I know this business and every decision you've made has almost gotten this kill. So you can shut them and do what I say from now on, or you can do this by yourself. And it's this great moment where there's that first time when Jesse and Walt really kind of come to blows about who knows what in this business. And they go and they start doing it. 
Jesse's way, you get introduced to Badger and Skinny Pete. And you get introduced to Combo and just great characters. They continue on through the series and end up in the El Camino movie. But great side characters that kind of flesh out the crew that you see. Aaron Paul and you see Jesse hanging out with just another color and shade to that guy's left of the people. He decides to surround himself with. But you get Jesse and a waltz. They're starting... Excuse me, Jesse and Walter. They're starting to distribute themselves. They're starting to get into all the problems that you run into without having to distributor where you know they almost get caught or one of their dealers gets killed or one of their dealers gets nabbed by the police you get the introduction of bob odenkirk as saul goodman which is just pure brilliance truth be told i actually watched uh, breaking bad before i even or not breaking bad oh better call saul before i got into breaking bad I mean, there's a reason why that guy has his own spinoff. Saul Goodman and Bob Odenkirk's performance is just so off-kilter with his humor that it's awesome. Like Every little quip and every little sarcastic comment that he makes just makes you gut laugh. And he's a great character because he's slimy and he's sleazy enough to get the upper hand on Walt and Jesse. And as far as, like, the blackmail, like... It, it was easy to find you. I know you're a teacher now, so you better include me in this. But at the same time, he's so like removed from the badass things that Walt and Jesse have to face all the time. He's really not that much of a muscle. And then by solving one problem and getting Badger out of police custody, now they have Saul Goodman that they have to deal with. They have to pay him, and he knows the true identity of Walt. So again, just kind of continuing that theme of one step forward, two steps back, to where they solve one problem and create a whole new one. And this is also the season when Walt truly is, where his ego starts to rise a lot. He just feels like they're untouchable. And as soon as they get in one situation, he feels like they're that much more untouchable. And it takes them to some very dangerous places in this season, to the point where Combo ends up getting killed, and they end up having to get in bed with Gus. And we'll get into Gus. Jesse this season takes him to his highest highs and his lowest lows almost over and over again. The season starts, and he starts just slowly losing everything from the aftermath of season one to the point where he's, like, homeless to the point where he's covered in crap in the blue water from a fucking porta potty And then rises back up and gets his own place and meets Jane. And he gets to this point where meth business is going good, relationship with Walt's going good, the relationship with Jane is going good. Everybody's like, nah, they passed me on the street. Hey, Jesse Pigman, you're the man. And then quickly descends back into shit whenever the whole situation of drug abuse comes in. He gets Jane back into heroin. He tries heroin for the first time. And they just become full-on junkies and turn on Walt at one point where they want to blackmail him for Jesse's part of the money. And eventually gets him to a place at the end of the season where he's basically living with a bunch of drug addicts, homeless, just strung out on a mattress. I mean, this is some of the darkest places that you'll see this character go this season. And it really showed the acting ability of Aaron Paul. To where, you know, the first season he was definitely good, he was funny, and you got to see some emotion out of the guy. But season two, you really get to see his range where he gets to these desperate situations and these desperate, desperate points of his life. And just the emotion that Aaron Paul can bring to this character, especially in the finale, whenever... Whenever, after Jane's death, and he's just strung out on this mattress, and Walt's trying to pick him up. 
And that was the moment where I was like, wow, that guy can act. And there's no question why he won Emmys alongside Brian Cranston going forward for pretty much the rest of the season. I mentioned Gus. Let's talk about the characters. Aside from breaking, aside from Saul Goodman, excuse me, they get introduced to us in this season. It's basically Gus and Mike. Mike gets like one scene, I think, pretty much in the season where he comes in to clean up after Jane's death. And that's just a great introduction to that character. Because even if we never saw Mike again, there's just something about that guy. There's something about that character. There's something about the cool, calm, calculated performance that Jonathan Banks brings to Mike. That just that one scene where he comes in like Winston Wolf is like the cleaner and cleans up the situation in schools. Jesse, on what you're going to say, smack him at one point. You say this, you say this, you say nothing else. You understand, repeat it to me. There's something so cool about the character. that even just that little nugget of an introduction you get in this. That would have been iconic enough. But thank God we got more from this character. Which I'll get into in further seasons. Because Mike is competition for maybe my favorite character of the show. He's that good. You also get the introduction to Gus, who's a huge piece of the puzzle, a huge piece of Breaking Bad, and the story, and where things go from here on out. And again, just kind of a small introduction. They get this deal that cook was cooked up by Saul Goodman to where there's this guy. He's been doing it for decades. He's just like you. He hides in plain sight. He's never been caught. He does everything business-wise, and he's smart as fuck. He needs to be your distributor. And they get to this restaurant, where they try to find this guy, they're supposed to have this meeting, and he won't meet with them because of Jesse. But Walt is keen enough to pick up that Gus is probably the guy they are supposed to meet. And then I love the change in Giancarlo Esposito's voice whenever he transfers from Hyde and in plain sight, Gus. He sits down, and I don't think we're like at all Walter. It's just, there's something about the drop in tone in his voice that's just like, fuck, this guy's got something brewing underneath. And even just enough for that introduction of him, they're like, this could be the greatest move you've ever made getting in bed with this guy. Or it could go horribly wrong. And those of you who've seen the series know that things go horribly wrong. Now let's get back to Hank. Hank goes on an interesting journey in this season because this is where you really start to see that he's a badass, but also just has very human reactions to what's going on. Like, he has a bit of PTSD reaction to the whole shootout with Tuco, where, you know, he's hyperventilating, hyperventilating in the elevator on the way up to his office because he's so, like, shook by the whole thing, and then bang, the door's open, and he's like, hey, I'm home, what's up? You had the whole section of the show where he goes off for one or two episodes to Mexico to help them out with dealing directly with the cartel. And he's kind of the outsider. His bubbly personality doesn't quite fit in with all the people who deem themselves badasses. Then he ends up being the only smart one. And there's the whole scene with Tortuga. You got Danny Trejo in there where he's the snitch and they're trying to get this meat set up where they can bust people and they look out in the distance and you just see Danny Trejo's head on this tortoise. Just awesome stuff. 
and then a bomb explodes and even more PTSD for Hank. All the while, he's putting together more pieces that lead him even closer to figuring out that Walt, or at least Jesse, is involved with the blue meth manufacturing. So just a really great season for the character of Hank and bringing him, you know, getting him elevated from just the guy who might catch Walt at some point, like giving him his own arc, his own mortality, his own things to face that. Even if you're spending focus of the show, you're captivated by what's going on with Dean Norris as his character. Remember for the show, and you wish he would do more like that. Now, you got to go back to Skylar. Skylar is complicated for me in a lot of this show. It's season two, especially on this re- on this watch. I had a lot of issues with how they use Skylar in this season. She's the one thing that I would say is a bit of a negative for me in this season. And it's still not enough of a negative to take, you know, this thing down a peg or to say that it's a lesser season than any of the others. Because it's not. It's still a brilliant season. And I get why they need her to be this way. But she is so uptight and really the entire season. Like if you've been in a relationship or you understand where a lot of her frustration comes from to the point where, well, your cancer diagnosis is not an excuse anymore. There's something else going on. It could be an affair. It could be any number of things. At least of which she probably thought was drug manufacturing. But she understands that something's going on. He's up to something. He's lying continuously and she knows it. And you get what her frustration as a wife and as a mother, especially a pregnant mother, is coming from. But she's so hot and cold this season to where she goes from. Absolutely despising him one episode. And then that whole episode where she's like, I'm going out like I wanted to strangle her. I just, I've been in arguments like that. I love you, Holly, where women say something just to get under your skin. And you're just like, don't stop saying I'm going out. But nonetheless, you get moments like that where she's just really fucking with him and saying, okay, fine. You don't respect me. I respect you, motherfucker. I'm going out and do whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. And in the very next episode, she's cool with him. And there was no, like, moment of resolve there. Like, you have that one scene where he's like, look, sit down. We can talk about it. And there's this attempt at resolve, and she's cool with it. But then he goes to lie again, and she knows it, and walks off, pissed off. And there's no moments in this season where it feels like they have any kind of resolve to their issues in their marriage. But you'll have one episode where she hates him and treats him like shit. And one episode where she's cool with him, she's trying to get his doctors and, you know, really hung on to his diagnosis like four days out. But the whole revelation that his cancer is actually in remission and everybody is embracing him, the tension in the marriage just escapes for an episode. Then it comes back in the next one. And it's really frustrating. And it's frustrating for me when I watch it, and I never really noticed it before now. How hot and cold the relationship is the entire season, with not really any explanation for why it's hot and cold. Today, you know, we've all been in these segments of our relationships, wherever they are. Tensions are high, and people aren't getting along. One person might 
be sleeping on the couch and it doesn't just shut off. It never does. It doesn't do that unless there's some kind of a talk or some kind of an action or something to resolve any, everything. It's not just hot one day and cold one day. It just doesn't work that way. So when you view this relationship, even though it takes place over months, it's not like you're spending every woken waking minute with these two people. There's no story in there that kind of makes the relationship go through these waves, ultimately leading to the end of the season where she gets that little moment of clarity unknowingly from Walt where he asks about his second cell phone. And she's like, motherfucker. And she puts it all back together. And then you get the whole last basically scene before the plane crash where she lays out every lie that he has told her for the past two seasons and how she's figured out that he's lying and just lays it all out for him and says, bye, I want you out, I'm done. And it leaves him in a point where it's like, you've done all this for your family and you just lost your family to do all of these things. And it's just, it's a nice way to leave the character of a Walt because for what we have been told so far, it doesn't quite work out that way to the end of the series. From what we're being told so far from the character of Walt, it's all for his family. And to lose all that at the end of the season is like, wow, you've just done all of this supposedly for your family just to lose it all. Now what are you going to do? But ultimately, with season two, I just love the different themes and the different directions that it explores. It has a really good mix of tension and comedy. Like a little bit of that dark comedy does come forward into this. But there's a lot more tense situations. Things do get a lot darker than they were in season one. And still have a lot darker to go in further seasons. I like the explanation, or excuse me, the exploration of Walt and Jesse's relationship. You know, it's business, but it's also kind of like father-son thing. That's where he's really trying to just pull Jesse back into the light, or you mean back into the meth business. That's the light for the where he is at the end of the season, and just kind of the way that they explore how your actions impact everybody in this one. That's a big theme throughout season two, is how your actions impact other people that maybe you didn't even realize. Such as Walt's actions impacting Skylar, how Jesse's actions impact his friends, like Combo, how Walt's decisions have impacted a lot of people by the end of the season. Like one of the most brilliant pieces of this, with not only the death of Jane, which is probably the best acting that you're going to see out of Brian Cranston in this season, where he walks in and he's trying his best, he has this whole conversation with Jane's father unknowingly in this bar, which is a very important scene in this season that could be throwaway in a lesser show where he sits down next to her that he's never going to see again in his life. Has this talk about, you know, wanting your children to do the right thing. Apologies for that cutout. But, you know, wanting your children to do the right thing. He's talking about his daughter, Jane. He's talking about Jesse, who's really just kind of a mentor. But also have this father-son thing. He wants Jesse to do the right thing. He wants Jesse to see the error of his ways and see that Walt, in some ways, is trying to do what's best for him while also kind of fucking him over. You have this whole exchange of these two characters that seem like their fates are completely on opposite ends. and will never intertwine. And then she, the very next scene, goes to Jesse's apartment. He breaks it breaks in and sees them strung out on heroin inadvertently. Kind of just causes Jane's death because he pushes her over trying to wake up Jesse. The whole exploration of the themes of, you know, your actions impacting others, I think is very rich throughout this 
entire season. It comes to a very grim close. The exploration of Walt's kind of loss of control while he's kind of feeling his ego rise a little bit. And the way that him and Jesse are trying to be the man in this business, that they don't know exactly what they're doing. And they get all the ramifications of that. The introduction of the brilliant characters of Saul, Gus, and Mike. It's so awesome. Season 2 is brilliant, aside from a little bit of wishy-washy annoyance with Skylar. I think this season is pretty much flawless. And I understand why they need her to be that way. I don't think it's a flaw with her writing. I think it's just a flaw with that character. It annoys me now every every so often. The wife, for whatever reason, is always annoying. You see it in The Shield. You see it in Dexter. You see it in this. So for them, being a good man and a good wife, they're annoying. So if you want to see the continuation of The Meth Empire, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, where things go with Tuco, how much more shit they can get into, Season 2 is chock full of madness. So check this thing out and go out and buy it. So what did you guys think of Season 2 of Breaking Bad? Uh, let us know in the comments section below. Do you feel like this is an improvement over Season 1? What was your favorite episode? Are you annoyed by the Skylar thing? Or do you feel she's totally justified? Let me know all your thoughts down below about Season 2. And keep locked on this channel as we cover Season 3 next week. And if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, um, create even better content, and hopefully take this show on the road one day. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.